Hello, my friends. It's Ryan from the Prolific Creator Podcast. Now, many of you have asked, hey, Ryan, how do I support the show? Well, I finally listened. Starting today, you can subscribe to the Prolific Creator Plus on ACAST Plus for $3 a month. That's less than a cup of coffee. No apps to download and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Get access to the entire archive of Prolific Creator Awesomeness. Over 160 episodes going back to 2017. Yes, that's right, my friends. A plethora of information and inspiration, tips, tricks, and interviews to get your art and work into the world. Remember those ads? Say bye, bye, bye. Wait, there's more. For $5 a month, you can get access to the full prolific creator experience. This includes the full archives, early access to episodes, listener Q&A, book and movie reviews, and interviews not for the public, and perhaps any other awesomeness I might do on the microphone. Sounds awesome, right? Yeah, it does, Ryan. If you want to listen for free, you'll notice the last 50 episodes or so will always be available wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember, by subscribing today, you don't have to download any new apps, and you can simply keep listening on the podcast platform you prefer. Cool. Okay. Cool. Thanks for your love and support in advance. Simply click on the link in the show notes or on my website, and it'll take you where you need to go. Now on to the show. The Prolific Writer Podcast, episode number 95, Catherine Banks stops by the show, best-selling author Catherine Banks, and talks about how she's going to write a million words in 2019. Yeah, that's right. And she has a day job. Well, if you're interested, intrigued as I am, hey, this is Ryan from The Prolific Writer. Let's go. Welcome to The Prolific Writer Podcast, where speed's the name of the game. Follow an indie author and publisher and his guests as they share inspiration, tips, and advice on writing fast, writing often, and writing well. So you can do the same. Here's Ryan. Well, hello, hello, hello. This is your prolific writer, podcast host, Ryan J. Pelton. So glad that you are here. The podcast dedicated to helping you write fast, often, and well in no particular order. And thanks for stopping by the show. Today, we have another great episode. Catherine Banks, USA Today bestselling fantasy author, stops by the show, and she's going to talk about her prolific work and how she's going to write a million words in 2019 and uh, shared a lot of great advice and a lot of awesome stuff about her story. So, so thankful to have Catherine Banks on the show. Looking forward to jumping into that interview in just a moment. A couple things before we jump in, a couple housekeeping items, a couple things going on. Number one, hey, I have a new book out. LA dreams. It's part of my antique assassin crime mystery series. If you like crime mysteries, crime adventure, crime thriller type books, LA dreams is on 99 cents on Amazon and wherever you buy books, uh, for a short time, little discount there. I also have the paperback out. Uh, but if you'd like to buy the book, check it out. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, support the kids, my kids going to college. That would be much, much appreciated. So, uh, got that just came out. So excited for that. And I uh, got some other stuff in the works. A couple other things. Uh, thing two would be if you are interested in uh, signing up for our VIP list, which will keep you updated on all the latest episodes and articles and resources, I'm actually in the process of uh, 
creating a course. And I've mentioned this a couple of times the last few episodes or so. If you'd like to just stay up updated on, on really just what's going on in the show and just latest episodes, all kind of great content and the course coming out, just sign up to our VIP, VIP list. And I'll put that in the show notes as well and uh, get on that list. And uh, yeah, stay updated on that. And thing three, which is related to the course is I mentioned last week in the last couple of weeks is a survey that I did and I am doing. And thank you everyone for all the responses to the survey. Uh, I am doing a survey about writing and publishing, and it's really to help kind of shape and form the course that I'm, I'm writing about how to, how to write a novel in 45 days. And I want to make sure that I include uh, the things that you're uh, needing me to include in the course. And so the survey is really helping me do that. So if you get a chance and you can help me out, I just need two minutes of your time. Uh, check out the survey. And I'd love to know where you're at in your writing, publishing career and how I can help you serve you in any way I can. And uh, so I'll put that in the show notes as well. That's all I have as far as housekeeping items. So thankful to all of you for listening in. So glad that you are here. Thank you again for all your kind comments and, uh, and emails and questions and, uh, and also, uh, author suggestions. And so if you have any author suggestions, just email me. You can find me on the website. It's Ryan at the prolific writer.net, uh, or hit me up on social. I'd love to uh, track down any authors that you have in mind. And, uh, thank you for everyone for letting me know some people I need on the show and I've, I've tracked them down. So thank you for that. So without further ado, here is best-selling author Catherine Banks. Well, welcome everyone to the Prolific Writer Podcast. This is your host, Ryan J. Pelton, and I'm so thankful today to have uh, Catherine Banks on the show, a USA Today bestselling fantasy author. Uh, so Catherine, why don't you say hello and uh, tell us something uh, maybe nobody knows about you. Um, hello, I'm Catherine, and something no one knows about me. Um, I, I don't know. I'm a pretty open person. Everyone pretty... <laughs> He knows all my secrets. Uh, let's see. Uh, black is one of my favorite colors. Okay. I like it. I like it. So this will be a dark interview. I like it. So, uh, so, so happy to have you on the show. Um, I saw a, a post not too long ago. Um, you were celebrating and we're in a, I think in a, a similar uh, writing group and you were celebrating, I think 40 books, maybe even more by this point, 40 books published. And uh, yeah, I wanted to just talk a little bit about that. And, you know, um, you know, what keeps you going after 40, 40 books uh, out into the world? Yeah, I just released my 40th book this month. Um, so I do have another one that's up on pre-order already. And I have a few others that I've already finished that are just in editing. Um, I've been self-published since 2010. So I started pretty early in the self-publishing game. Uh, but I mean, really, I just, I love stories. I've been telling stories since I was a kid. My grandma used to type out my stories for me when I was four years old. So I still have them. Um, and I just always have story ideas in my head and I just always, you know, I, I need to get them out. I need to write them down or they're just going to keep swirling around in there. Yeah, I love that. I just had a yeah guest on that said something very similar. It's like this thing we just can't you know, you just, they're always there and you don't know where they come from and these characters and these ideas and, and you just feel like you got to get them out. So, uh, so, so let's talk a little about that. So 2010, you, you know, start writing, start publishing, you know, what was happening before that? I mean, what kind of gave you the impetus to, you know, especially very early on in the indie publishing game to kind of put your stories out there? What, what, what kind of got you motivated to do it? So I actually wrote this book, uh, the 
the first book I published, that first series, I wrote it by hand in high school. So like during class, if I finished stuff, I would, you know, add to it in the back of my binder. And um, so when I finished high school, I decided that I was going to take that huge book and um, turn it actually into a four book series. So I ended up rewriting it completely and turned it into a four book series. And I had sent a letter to a, um, to a publisher and an agent trying to see if they would pick me up. And I got my first rejection letter. And then I was like, you know what? There's self-publishing. They just released that over, you know, create space and smash words. Um, so I was, I figured I might as well try it. And, uh, it actually publishing with smash words actually really did well for me. Um, and I right place, right time. I wrote a werewolf book and it was around when twilight was big. Mm -hmm. So, uh, it, you know, it worked out. <laughs> yeah. Smashwords is uh, what I remember back in the day was really interesting. Almost. It was a nightmare getting, figuring out how to format your, your word document or whatever. I don't know how it was for you, but yeah. Um, so, so yeah. So what, I mean, where yeah. did you, where did you go? I mean, to figure that all this out, I mean, it was very, very new 2010. I know that sounds like it's the, you know, olden days of, of indie publishing, but uh, I mean, were there, <laughs> were there websites, forms, podcasts? I mean, how did you figure out, like, how do I, you know, get this thing formatted? How do I get a cover? Like, wh wh where did you go? I did a lot of, I did a lot of Googling. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was trying to find out how to self-publish and, you know, um, it's just publishing with Smashwords. Uh, like you said, the pub formatting that thing was ridiculous. Right. Um, I had, you had a book on formatting. There was mm -hmm. a literal ebook that you had yep. to download to figure out your formatting. Um, for covers, actually, my husband hand drew my first covers and then scanned them into Photoshop and colored them there. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So, and then we had uh, a couple other covers where we, like, it was uh, a dagger that we had that we took a picture of in leaves. Um, so we made it look like it was a sword instead of a dagger. <laughs> and uh, we just put a color overlay on it. So my first covers uh, weren't the greatest, but you know, at the time that's, that's what we had. There weren't, you know, all these cover groups like we have now, all these pre-mades that you can find everywhere um, that, that didn't exist. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I actually just recently got new covers for my first series. So those aren't even out yet. Um, but uh, yeah, I just finding the resources was really difficult. Um, I tried finding writing groups, but they, there really weren't that many back then. Mm -hmm. And the writing groups there were, they didn't know about self-publishing either because they were all about, you know, getting traditionally published. And I just you know, thought I wanted more control over my books. I wanted to pick what my cover looked like. Mm -hmm. I wanted to, you know, if my story, if they said they, I needed to change something on my story and I, it was something that was a game changer, you know, like, no, I, I'm not going to change that. I didn't want to have to deal with all of that. And plus, you know, you, you get a higher percentage of each sale when you self-publish than you do when you uh, traditionally publish. Mm -hmm. So it was, that was kind of a deciding factor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, th th I think everything you described is, you know, a big reason why a lot of people just even traditionally publish or they come, you know, back in indie and just say, you know what, it's not even worth being traditionally published, you know, with the hassle and, you know, having to wait two years before your book gets published and having no control over marketing or cover or editing. And, um, it's funny, I actually heard, uh, Lee, Lee Child, you know, the 
uh, Jack Reacher, you know, writer talking about even when, when he gets his edits back, you know, how much he just doesn't accept their critique. He's like, no, you can't take yeah. that. You can't take that out of there. You know, he says he, he accepts about a third of what they suggest. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of those things are out of, out of your control. Uh, so yeah, why don't we, uh, why don't we back it up just a little bit? Um, you know, you write predominantly fantasy, uh, in the fantasy genre, I think some different subgenres, but, uh, talk, talk a little bit about some of your early influences. Like when you were writing that, that first book, I mean, what, did you go right into, you talked about a werewolf book. Did you go right into kind of fantasy type stuff? Was that stuff you kind of grew up reading or, or just enjoy, um, even to this day? Like how, how did you decide kind of what genre to kind of jump into? So when I was preteen, it was all about horses for me. Um, and so I, you know, all of my stuff was about ranch life. I lived in the country, you know, and so that was, that was my thing. Um, but I read The Hobbit when I was a freshman in high school and I've not left fantasy since mm. that once I read The Hobbit, I was hooked. And, uh, I decided more on werewolves. Pretty much all my books have werewolves in them in one way or another. But um, because I, I loved the concept of the werewolves, the idea of werewolves. And Anne Rice was so popular at the time, all of her, her vampire books. And I couldn't stand vampires. And so I decided, well, there's no werewolf books written, so I'm going to write one. And uh, so I finished my book in high school. And then Twilight came out. And that's, you know, then of course the werewolf genre just exploded and I was so happy because, you know, vampires had dominated everything for so long. And then finally there's all this werewolf stuff. Uh, and, uh, I mean, it, it did, I think that really my biggest influence was, uh, Tolkien. I mean, reading the Hobbit, reading, you know, Lord of the Rings, it, it really changed me because I, fantasy I hadn't read before. You know, I, I was, like I said, I was horses, you know, horse racing, country life. And then to read that book and it was just so different and it took me to a completely different world and there was wars and all these different creatures. And I just, I loved it. And so I've pretty much stayed with fantasy since. I feel like every third interview I do is Lord of the Rings is mentioned in, you know, Tolkien and just the influence. I mean, if you get through it, I mean, some are, you know, so massive, obviously, uh, you know, so talk a little bit about that. So in high school, you're, you know, you're, you're kind of influenced by Lord of the Rings fantasy type stuff. Like, what was it like? What was kind of the experience of, um, and maybe I'm asking this for my own sake, cause I write a lot of more kind of realism stuff, but, um, you know, how, how do you write fantasy that, that comes off that sounds, you know, authentic? I mean, did you have any starting point when you kind of wrote that first, first story or was it just kind of going off, you know, here's what I read, here's what I understand, just kind of jumped in. I mean, how did, how did you kind of feel your way through kind of a fantasy book? So my first fantasy book was actually more of a, like urban fantasy. Mm -hmm. So it was our current world, but the preternaturals, you know, the werewolves, the vampires decided that they weren't going to stay hidden anymore, mm. that they were going to take over and, you know, they, they were going to take the world back over from the humans. So I think it, that made it a little bit easier for me to get into the fantasy genre because it was combining our real life, our current life with some fantasy aspects into it. And then after I wrote that one, I decided to write a completely uh, fantasy world, my own world. And um, 
that was a little bit challenging because when I first started writing it, I didn't make maps or anything. And so I'm like, oh, they're traveling this way. And then I'm like, oh, wait, did they travel the other way? Which, <laughs> where are they on the map? And so I had to start making notes and maps for myself because I was, was like, no, they went east and that place is over in the west. That doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but so now I, I like creating my own fantasy worlds. I think another thing is I haven't traveled too much. Um, and trying to write something from our area, um, you know, or not my area, but you know, from an area outside that I haven't visited, mm-hmm. I don't like doing that because I, you know, it's not going to be authentic. Like I don't know what the weather is like, what it feels like in the southern states, you mm-hmm. know. So I couldn't really accurately describe that from the character's perspective because I write uh, first person mainly, mm-hmm. and so I decided, you know. It's so much easier to just make my own world, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and uh, then I get to create my own laws of magic and all of that. Yep. No, that's. I think that's the great part of fiction too, is just making up, you know, your own worlds and and just it, it can be whatever you want to be. It's funny. I f- I find myself yeah constantly just writing about places I've been, not trying to like you said the South. I haven't been in the South very much, but mm-hmm. you know I know Southern California pretty well. I know the Midwest where I live now, and you know it's like you're more comfortable in those worlds, or just do a fantasy world. And, yeah. You know anything goes. Uh, yeah, I think I read on your bio that you know want, you're hoping you know with your book money that you'll be able to do a little more traveling. So maybe you'll you'll expand those those worlds out a little more. Um, so 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 talk. Yes, about, yes, I, I yeah. did a little bit of that. Yeah, so so talk a little bit about kind of that that early evolution from you know high school novel to kind of you know where you are now. I mean, that's you know quite a few years. Uh, you know, how, how have you kind of evolved as a writer? I mean, wh- what are you writing now that's different than what you were writing before? And, you know, kind of what have you been kind of learning along the way? Uh, so I originally started with young adult novels, um, characters usually with, you know, 17 turning 18. So I guess that's technically new adult now, but when I started, that was considered young adult. Um, the genre expectations and stuff have changed, you know, so much over the last few years. Um, but I, you know, I was writing young adult. I liked the whole coming of age story, the, you know, learning about the mysterious powers that you have or, you know, um, becoming better. Right. And so my first stories were about that or more about actually most of my first stories was about halflings. Mm -hmm. So like someone that was, um, half werewolf and half, uh, fairy or someone who was half human and half were lion and having to learn to accept themselves as they are. And, you know, cause that's such a struggle for teenagers, you know, to ex- learn to accept themselves. I mean, even adults too, mm-hmm. you know, it's so hard to accept who we are. And so that was a major theme in my books. And then I slowly started writing adult novels and, um, I wrote one children's book, but that was mainly I wrote it for my son. Um, And so I have one children's book out. Um, But I've recently been publishing a lot of reverse harem books. Uh, Back when Laurel K. Hamilton, her Meredith Gentry and um, Anita Blake series, when those were huge, I was a huge fan of them. Um, I I didn't finish those series. I got about halfway and then I stopped. But the reverse harem is something that I've always enjoyed, you know, that, that type of fantasy and uh, an anime too. And so I started writing that and uh, it actually just became a pretty big 
selling market. There's a, a lot of readers out there that now that there's a term for it in the book world, because back when Anita Blake was out there, we, there wasn't the term reverse harem. So finding books similar to it were difficult. Um, <clears throat> so that's, I've been doing more of that lately. Um, my writing has changed a lot. Um, I still do first person mainly. I have done a couple third uh, person point of view books, mm-hmm. but I just write more comfortably at first person. Mm-hmm. Uh, reading some of my older work is a little cringeworthy. You know, mm-hmm. you, as you write more, as you, you know, you're practicing every day, you get better. And I can really see now that I have gotten better in my writing, um, you know, more showing, less telling. That was a huge issue when I first started writing. Um, but uh, I mean, I'm, you're always learning, right? I'm always, every book I want to be better than the last. That's, that's my goal is I want every book I write to be better than the last one. So I'm always trying to improve. I'm taking classes. I have uh, mentors that help me, you know, they review my work and give me guidance. Um, and I just, I'm always looking for ways to improve my skills. I love that. Yeah. The, so, so tell someone just that's listening, you know, obviously a lot of writers that listen to the show and different stages of their career and, and, you know, journey as writers, uh, you know, first person. So I, I love first person too. It's, I, I think you can really reveal a lot of, you know, the emotion and the heart behind the character and really kind of dig into their, you know, who they are as opposed to third person. I, I do both, but first person for me too, I just love, you know, if you're, if you're writing, cause some people debate that, you know, first person is more difficult because, it's just, you know, you don't want to right. get into the I, 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 cause it sounds boring, but like, how do you kind of, but what are some things you, you, you find yeah. hel- helpful writing, you know, first person, like some little tricks or tips that, that might help somebody? Um, so I, yeah, the, the I, I, I's, that's always my issue. You know, whenever I'm going through my drafts, you know, it's like, oh, the last three paragraphs started with I, mm-hmm. you know, I got to fix that. Um, so I try and incorporate the you know, either sound, scenery, things like that into my writing, Um, or especially how the character's feeling, right? I mean, that's, that's a huge part of uh, the first character point of view, is how they're feeling, the thoughts that they're thinking, you know, so they should, you know, they can be walking. So instead of, you know, I walk down the street, you could be discussing, you know, what's going on in your, in the character's mind. As I'm walking, I'm, you know, recall this that happened, you know, you, you just, there are little things that you can do to, to change that. It's still something I struggle with all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, that's a great tip actually that going back where you said, you know, that if you see a lot of eyes, is just like, how can you kind of maybe rewrite that sentence? So it's not, doesn't bore the reader or, or what, right. what have you. Um, but no, I think you're, you're digging into something that's important. I think as people listening, it's, it's practicing. It's just trying different things. Like, mm-hmm. Hey, I've done a lot of first person. Let's try a third person. Let's, you know, try different viewpoints. Let's bring in multiple characters. I mean that, yeah. I think people, writers forget that. Like that's part of the fun of writing is just saying, you know, you were saying earlier about, you know, I want to, I want the next one to be, you know, better than, than the one before. And that may just be because I, I want to write it totally different and stretch myself or, you know, and it just feels like, you know, this story needs to be third person, not first person or, you know, and I heard a, a seasoned author, I'd interviewed him a couple of years ago and followed some of his stuff. And he was just talking about how 
sometimes, you know, the audience gets upset because we write, let's say first person, and then we decide to switch to third. And he said, you know, it's just, you know, sometimes it's audience expectation, but that's part of the joy of indie publishing is just saying, Hey, I'm just trying something else. Or I want to, the story just felt like it needed to be this. And yeah, they may not love it, but Hey, I'll write another one. It's fine. You know, you might like the next one. Um, but you know, that's just part of our, I think evolution as writers is just kind of stretching, you know, ourselves and, and just trying different things. Um, no, I, I think that's great. Uh, you know, especially if you're just starting out, sometimes first person is a easy way to start, you know, if you're mm-hmm. kind of, kind of wondering, you know, what, how should I do this? Cause you can really get into the character's head and the emotion and, and all that. Um, so, uh, so Catherine, you've written 40 books, which is, is quite a few. You're very prolific. Um, and you know, you've started, you know, way back in high school, kind of the early, you know, genesis of indie publishing and, um, you, you know, what, what are some things when you look at kind of the industry as a whole, what, what are some things that you've kind of seen evolve and change that have been really positive, you know, for your own, you know, writing career and, and, uh, you know, just where you were at and learning and all those kinds of things versus, you know, 2010 versus 2019. There are so many groups online that you can join. Um, I think the, Biggest thing for me was finding out about NaNoWriMo, National Novel Writing Month. Um, I started doing that, oh, I want to say at least six years ago. Um, And a few of my novels were written during that, you know, wrote them during that and then had them edited um, afterwards. Or, you know, I edited myself first and then sent them to the editor Mm -hmm. because, you know, you're you're trying to write so fast during NaNoWriMo. but there are so many great groups and you can find so many authors that are in similar genres. So if you're having a problem and you write PNR, you know, paranormal romance, you can find a paranormal romance writers group, you know, to ask them for help because marketing is different in every genre. Mm-hmm. You know, some marketing techniques don't work as well in paranormal romance as they do in urban fantasy. Um, and having those writing groups to go to, to ask help or to see what's going on. Uh, the 20 books group, uh, has been phenomenal and has been a huge help to me. Um, I went to their conference last year and loved it. I learned a lot from there and, um, I planning to try and go back this year. It's so, it was really informative. It was the best one that I've been to best writing conference I've been to. Um, but just having all of that knowledge available now, just all these people that are at your, you know, you can just type a question out and have people answer it, you know, or even just search in a group, like in the 20 books group, they have so many posts from, you know, people that are selling a lot of books, making a lot of money in this and writing great books. And so having their knowledge that they have, you know, they have all these posts from them, you can just search in the group and find almost any question you, you could have answered. You know, there's, you can even get questions answered like, you know, wide versus Kindle Unlimited. Mm-hmm. Those kinds of questions are answered in there. And so having their opinions and their uh, experiences is huge. No, and I think that's, you know, one thing we, we talk a lot about on this show too, is just how generous, you know, the indie community is. I mean, there's not this sense of, I mean, there's always jerks everywhere, but you know, yeah. there's, I mean, people are just so willing, like you said, you know, to, Hey, I have a question about a cover. Hey, I have a question about marketing. I have a question about my genre. That's like, Hey, do this. Think about it. I mean, they're not, you know, asking for money or, you know, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. Right. Um, and really, you know, that, that, that's the thing with, I think a lot of writers is, you know, a question I get a lot is, well, Ryan, you know, there's just so many 
writers and so many, you know, genres and so many books on Kindle and so many books on, you know, everywhere, you know, how am I going to compete? But the reality is it's not a competition. It's really not. Right. It's, it's not, you know, me versus you or, you know, this fantasy writer versus this fantasy writer. It's, it's, everyone has their own stories and their own angle and their own voice and, you know, and they're all willing to help each other. So it's not, it's not this, this sense of like, well, if they do well, then I can't do well. It's actually, it helps everybody. Right. So, um, well, and there's so many readers out there. You're not yeah. going, they don't have all of the readers. You yeah, know, there yes. are readers that they're not reaching. Exactly. Exactly. There's, there's plenty to go around. Uh, yeah. so, so one of the questions I'd love to, we're going to get into, uh, you know, some more of your successes, which is always, you know, encouraging, but also, uh, you know, I always like to ask what, what have been some just learning lessons? What, talk about a time when you kind of, you know, failed. It could be generally in a big way or just one specific thing or, you know, just kind of what you learned from, you know, writing, publishing, falling on your face. And then kind of how'd you, would you learn from that? So I have a book, uh, it's a novella that I published and the original title was bitten, beaten and loved. And so it, you know, girl was bitten, she was abused, and then she finds love in the end of the book, right? Not with her abusers, with other someone else. Um, but I got a new cover for it because the one I had wasn't very good. And when I got the new cover, one of the one of my uh, fellow writers messaged me and she said, hey, you know, you're probably turning off a lot of people from reading your book because of the title. Hmm. She said, even though you, 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 know, you show in the blurb that she's not with those abusers anymore, there's probably a lot of people who assume that that is going to be in there, that there's going to be, you know, the beating in there. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you might consider changing it. And, you know, I wasn't getting very many sales on it. There weren't very many page reads, uh, even with the new cover. And so, you know, I thought, well, maybe she's right. And so I, I changed the title. I gave it a new title and uh, it ended up getting more sales and more page reads. I mean, it's not my best selling one. It's a short story, you know, mm-hmm. um, but it really did help. And uh, I think that's something we do have to take in consideration is titles, which is always a issue for me figuring out titles. Right. Um, but if she had never said anything that that book could have just continued to flop. Mm-hmm. No. And that's a great example of just, you know, the beauty of indie publishing is being able to kind of, you know, reverse engineer or, or start over or new cover, new edit, new title, you know, and, and, yeah. and it becomes kind of this new thing. And, and yeah, that is, I mean, it's part of marketing, it's part of branding, it's part of, you know, trying to say what the book is and, and, you know, looking at different genres, I always tell people to research, you know, as much as they can, just kind of look, look what's mm-hmm. out there and what, you know, do you, do you see weird titles or what, what's the words they use? What's the, you know, what's the style? Right. And again, not to just copy, but, but to really say like, this is kind of what people are looking for. And, uh, but you're right. Titles are, 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 can be a challenge at times. Um, sometimes they come early, sometimes they come really late. <laughs> so, yes. it's like, you know, sometimes it's like you're, or you start with the title and that becomes the book. But, um, yeah, no, thanks for sharing that because I think that's, th- that's the freedom we have. It's like, once it's out there, it's not, Oh, I can't touch it. I can't, right. Know, it's a, it, you know, even, you know, typos sneak through and it's like, Oh, I can fix that. No problem. Um, uh, yeah, I've recovered at least, at least six books. Mm-hmm. Uh, just within the past year so yeah no I think that's 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 a just a great way of even you know kind of giving new life to titles too that may have been sitting around especially for you like you had you know 40 titles I have you know close to 20 I mean it's like yeah times you need kind of kind of refresh some of those old ones um 
so, the covers and the genres change, you know, yeah. over the past nine years, the, what was an appropriate cover is not anymore. Yeah. You know, my young adult, uh, paranormal romance, the cover that I had originally does not fit what the genre covers are like now. So I, you know, had to change it, had to update it. Yep. Yeah. I mean, if you, you know, it's an interesting study. If you, you know, if you had plenty of time, you know, to go study covers, go look at traditional publishing too. And it's like, you know, if you look every five years, I mean, they're changing covers all the time, you know, uh, kind of giving mm-hmm. it a fresh look. Cause it's, you know, oh, what's that book from the eighties, you know, and they kind of give it a, a nice new <laughs> modern look to it or whatever. Right. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that's really interesting. Um, so Catherine, you have, you know, 40 books. Um, and one of the things I was really excited to have you on the, on the show, because this is always a big encouragement and, um, is you have 40 books, but you also have a day job and you have two kids and you yes. have a husband yes. and, uh, and, and I love your story because of that, because you're, you're, you know, what you said in, in a post, uh, I think on the, in the 20 books group is, you know, um, yes, I do want to make money. Yes, I, I, I do want to do well. At the end of the day, this is my art. And 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 yet you really have this great support system and you're, you still have the day job, but you're still finding success. So so talk to us a little bit about kind of what is your like kind of rhythms look like to, you know, be as productive and prolific as you are with, with the family and other responsibilities. Like what, what does that look like? How has that kind of evolved over the years? Uh, so it used to be that I would handwrite stuff on my breaks and during my lunch. And then at night I would type them up. Um, and then, I mean, not every night, you know, that was, it was when I first started, that's how it was. Now it's, I have a, um, wireless Bluetooth keyboard that hooks up to my work phone and I access my Google docs on it so I can type in the book that I'm working on. So my two 15-minute breaks and my 30-minute lunch, I work on my stories, whichever story it is that I have that I'm working on at that time. Um, And then at night, we, uh, you know, get the kids fed, get make sure that homework has been done. Um, my husband helps out a lot with that. He's really supportive. And uh, I definitely wouldn't get as much done if, if he wasn't here helping me with the kids and everything. Um, and, you know, he takes over a lot of duties and roles in the house for me so that I can focus on my writing because, you know, he knows this is my passion. You know, this is what I love doing. And so usually I write for about two hours um, each weeknight. Um, it depends, you know, what's going on with the family. But on the weekends, I, we usually do chores on Saturday, you know, doing laundry, doing cleaning the house. And uh, I usually write for about four hours, five hours on Saturday. And then Sunday is usually my marathon day where I write as much as I can. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And so uh, my goal this year is to write a million words. Um, I joined a group and that, you know, that's their goal is write a million words each year. And uh, so far I'm at uh, about 175,000 words for the year. And um, it's just, it's really helped me keep on track for my books. Um, I've already finished two novels this year. Uh, they're both 50,000 words. And then the rest of the words are scattered throughout some other books that I'm working on. Um, and so I, I try, I used to write stuff by hand and then type it up, but I just felt like that was the time typing it up was wasted. Mm-hmm. And so I invested in the keyboard and my keyboard wasn't even that expensive. I want to say it was $30, 30 or $40 off Amazon. Um, so being able to just type at work, you know, during my breaks, 
instead of writing by hand has been a huge help so that when I'm home at night, all I have to do is continue typing. Mm -hmm. Um, When I first started, I had so many notes where it was, you know, this is part one. I need to type this up and then I type part of it. And then let's say like insert part three here. And then I'd have the notes written down and it was just such a huge mess. And uh, I stopped doing that (laughs) and, you know, writing, even, even just typing on my phone, you know, straight to my phone. Um, That's what I'd been doing uh, a couple months ago. That was uh, a huge help. No, I love that. I love your story. Just the, you know, support you have at home and just kind of making space to, and having goals, I think is huge. Uh, so when you, you know, million words for the year, I mean, are you, do you have like daily word counts? Do you have weekly, monthly? How, how are you kind of tracking all of that? Mm-hmm. All of the above? So I have a daily word count. It's a uh, 2,800 words per day. And so uh, that's, that's my goal. I mean, uh, you know, I post word counts a lot on my, on my, uh, personal Facebook page, you know, and I, cause I have so many other authors there, you know, we all post our word counts or, you know, encourage each other. I mean, there are days where I won't, I won't write for, you know, two or three days during the week, um, or on the, on the weekend, you know, if we have family time, you know, family, uh, outing and things like that, I won't write. Um, and then there are days where I get five or 6,000 words in a day. Uh-huh. You know, sometimes I, I, you know, I can get 10,000 words in a day, uh-huh. but my goal is always 2,800 words um, because that's the minimum to reach the million words uh-huh. by the end of the year. Yeah. You know, and it's, if anyone's, you know, whoever, if anyone, I should say, if anyone's listening, uh, a lot of people are listening uh, <laughs> is, you know, think about that 2,800 words. That's actually not that many words. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. a, a slow typist, you know, thousand words, 1200 words an hour. Um, I mean, that's very slow, but you know, 2,800 words could Mm -hmm. take you, like you said, a couple hours. It sounds like at a, at a, you know, not a crazy clip. Um, and then by the end of the year, yeah, you have, you have about a million words. I, you know, the one thing I'm learning too, is like with the word count thing is not to beat yourself up over the daily, you know, like I need, you know, X amount per day Mm -hmm. with the average, you know, to say, well, it's 28 average. So that means, yeah, I missed a couple of days, but I'm, you know, I cranked out 10,000 on the weekend or that's just the way it is. I I used to get just so, you know, upset, like, oh, I didn't hit my word count today. But, but then, you know, I look kind of weekly and monthly and say, well, by the end of the month I had, you know, I averaged what I needed to average and, uh, and just kind of keep keeps you motivated. And I love that too, having accountability with other writers, um, and people in your corners, mm-hmm. Hey, how's it going? What, you know, would you hit? And, and it just kind of becomes a competition, but it also becomes, you know, a good way to kind of keep us, keep us moving along. Um, so let's, let's dig a little further into your process. So, uh, thanks for sharing all that, just especially for those listening with, you know, families and kids and responsibilities like, you know, most writers, um, is, Talk a little bit about kind of how your you know, process has, has evolved uh, when it comes to kind of production. So, you know, you're, you're working 2,800 words a day, you know, the book comes to the end, like what's, what's your process after kind of polishing it, editing it, what, you know, what happens after that covers go from there? So, um, I have a cover addiction. So I have a, I ended up buying a lot of pre-mades. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also have, continuations from those pre-mades with, with some of the artists or, um, you know, um, <laughs> I have a lot of covers and, and ready for, to be published. <laughs> <All right. laughs> um, so right after I, you know, I finished my, my self edit 
and then I send it to my editor and then I do my edits with them. Um, I send it to a couple betas. And so while the betas are doing their review, um, I work on making sure the cover is done and ready. Um, you know, working on that blurb, I hate blurbs, but you know, it's gotta be done. So I work on those. Um, I have a few friends that, uh, critique my blurbs. So I'll send them over to them, get their feedback. Um, figuring out what keywords to use on Amazon. Uh, I'm not the best at that still something I'm still working on. Um, uh, getting my promo images ready. So, uh, it depends. Sometimes it'll be, you know, like a 3d book, you know, 3d look of the book and then some words next to it. Or sometimes I literally just will put up a, you know, the book cover and then put a snippet from the book, you know, as a, as an advertisement for it. Um, once I get all my edits back, I, this is recent. I recently purchased a Mac mini so I could get vellum Mm -hmm. and vellum is a book formatting program uh, for those that don't know. And it's, amazing Uh i wish this had been around in the beginning with smashwords it would have made things so Uh much easier um and so it takes me probably about 20 minutes to format a book now Uh Um, usually i spend the most time trying to figure out a chapter image a header image for it that's usually where i spend most of my time (laughs) um but uh it's it's a um, makes it so much easier, I and mean, because it formats it in paperback and ebook at the same time. Wow. Um, and so then you know you got to send your cover artist the paperback information, how many pages it is, and all of that. Get it formatted, and um, uh, my paperbacks. I know a lot of people like to get them done beforehand, or you know have it ready right when the ebook releases. For me personally, I'm not too strict about that. I don't really have a a set plan for that um, because the ebook is my best seller. Um, I sell paperbacks, but not nearly as many as I do my ebooks. So I focus more on getting my ebooks out and, uh, you know, getting pre-orders up. And I, you know, I prefer at least a month pre-order so that I have that link to start doing the promo with. Um, but I so for one of my series, I did pre-orders before I'd even finished writing the book, and it's really stressed me out. Mm-hmm. And um, having to like you know, there's this deadline. I have to get this book completed by this time because you know Amazon has it up for pre-order for then. And it really stressed me out and um, was making writing not as fun as it you know usually was. Mm-hmm. So I decided after that that books only go up for pre-order once they're done mm-hmm. now they may go up before edits are done sure. but you know as long as i know when my uh, editor will be done with the book um but nothing gets put up until i finish the book now just to make it a little less hectic for me mm-hmm. yeah no that's re- that's a really good tip uh if you're doing pre <laughs> pre-orders because the other thing is people don't realize is you know it's it's like a you know, 10 days or it's almost like 10 days. It's got to be up or seven days somewhere in there, like the actual book because they start getting nailing you. And then they, you know, you can't do it for a year if you don't get hit your deadline and or you end up putting up, you know, an unedited version that nobody wants. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It is stressful. Yeah. You're right. You're right. I mean, deadlines are good, but yeah, make sure you give yourself enough because you know, things can go wrong or editors take forever or you know, whatever. Um, 
No, those are, those are really good, good things. So, uh, in, in the, in regards to kind of marketing and, and what you're learning about that and what's working for you, uh, talk a little bit about that. Um, just how you're kind of getting the word out about your, your work. So the best, uh, thing that we found recently was, uh, an ebook by Michael Cooper called help my Facebook ads suck. (laughs) And, uh, my Facebook ads sucked. And Mm -hmm. so, um, my husband actually read the book and, um, he would send me notes on it. Like, Oh, he says to do this. Oh, he says to do this. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, just recently, actually within the past month and a half, we started using, uh, the suggestions he had and my ads are doing phenomenal. You know, my, my relevance score is 10 on these ads and my uh, cost per click is seven cents. You know, I mean, that's just really, really good. Um, whereas it my ads before just were not getting clicks. They were not getting views, you know, it just, it wasn't working and it was costing a lot. Um, so my biggest thing is Facebook groups. There are so many reader groups and especially by genre. Um, and then doing takeovers with other, in other authors groups. Um, you know, you may not get a ton of new readers from going in another author's group, but you may get one and that one may end up being a loyal fan who buys all of your books, mm-hmm. you know, which is happened, you know, happened with me. I met one uh, reader through a friend's group and that reader has purchased all of my backlist and, you know, she messages me like, Oh, I just read this one. It's so good. Mm-hmm. You know? And, um, so you know, don't, I, some people don't like doing takeovers because, you know, they feel like, Oh, you don't get as much out of it. But, you know, like I said, you got, there's always possibility of getting that one, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Facebook groups are a huge help. There's some uh, genre specific groups where they will allow you to post, you know, on there when you have a pre-order up or when you have a release up, or if you have a, you know, a snippet like, Oh, here's a little teaser. Mm -hmm. Um, So those have been huge in my advertising. Mm -hmm. No, that's really good. That's probably one of the first, um, I might've had someone on there that talks about Facebook, actually reader specific groups, but that makes total sense. I think, you know, that's, that's the beauty of being able to go to people. It's, it's, you know, where, where they hang out, as they say, you know, in the, in the past, yeah, it might be a literal reading group in a living room, but now, you know, we can virtually go to people and, and, uh, you know, the people that love to read your genre or your style of book, um, can, can right. go find it. Um, that's great. Uh, so Catherine, so as we kind of wind down the interview, uh, one question I'd love to ask our, our authors is, you know, if there's, if there's any kind of advice that you would give, you know, a, a author who's just starting out or wants to, you know, maybe finish their first book, you know, maybe not as far down the road as you've, you've been is what would be some advice that you'd want to give them to kind of encourage them today? Uh, my, I mean, my first advice is don't give up, right? I mean, you write the book. If it's a book that you want to write, write it. It doesn't matter if it takes you a year. It doesn't matter if it takes you 10 years you know, that's, that's your book, baby. You know, it it doesn't matter as long as you're getting the words down, you know, you don't have to be prolific. You don't have to, um, be, uh, you know, a fast writer. You know, if if you can write at your pace, but just keep writing, you know, you write once a month, that's fine, but just keep writing and, uh, always try to improve. Uh, you know, that's the thing. I think you should always try to improve your writing. Um, there's always room for learning Mm -hmm. and 
take advice with a grain of salt. <laughs> Even if that author is a best-selling author and they make millions of dollars, you know, what works for them may not work for you. So just take, you know, listen to their advice and, you know, just do your own research too. That's great. No, that's great. I, ju- I just heard Lee Child say, give that same advice. He just said, you know, he's like, yeah, take advice, you know, as advice, you know, you take it or leave it. Right. And, and he said, sometimes it's like, it takes the heart out of, you know, you're trying so hard to, to write a certain way or do this thing or, you know, follow some formula. And it's like, you kind of take out the passion from your writing and what you really want to say and, and do so. No, thank you for sharing that. Those are really, really, really helpful. Uh, so Catherine, tell us, uh, where we can find you and yeah, what else do you have coming out? And, uh, yeah, that's people can go find your books. So I'm all over Facebook, Twitter, all of that. Uh, Facebook, I have a uh, Facebook page that's just at Catherine Banks author. Um, Twitter is just at Catherine E. Banks. Um, you know, I'm on Amazon. I'm on most of your major retailers. Um, I plan to have a book a month out for the rest of the year. Uh, my April book's already up and, uh, hoping to actually get my, I'm hoping my plan is to have my 50th book out by 20 books in November, the conference in November. So, yeah. That's a great goal. Well, Catherine, <laughs> hey, thank you so much for making the time. Um, I know you have a lot of responsibilities as I do and a uh, really great interview and just shared a lot of great things. Thanks for sharing your story. Thanks for helping a lot of writers today. And uh, so glad to have you on the show. All the best. Thank you. Well, there you have it. Prolific Writer Nation, best-selling author, Catherine Banks. Go check out her work if you like fantasy books. She has written a lot of them, over 40, and she hopes by... Next year, she'll be at 50 and uh, some audacious goals. And what I love about her story, and it's, it's a common theme on this show, is so many writers think, you know, I just, I have a family, I have kids, I have responsibilities, I have a day job. There's no way I can be prolific. There's no way I can get that book done. And Catherine is proving that wrong, that you can have a day job, you can have the kids, you can have the responsibilities and still be very, very prolific and still have goals. Maybe not as big as Catherine. Maybe you don't want to write a million words this year, but maybe you want to write a few thousand or a hundred thousand and it's very doable. And it's just one word after the other, one sentence after the other, putting in the time, putting in the the effort. And uh, so thank you, Catherine, for coming on the show. Go check out Catherine's books. I will put those in the show notes, go support her work and, uh, and some great advice some great tips from just an author that's out there doing it, living the dream. And, uh, and Hey, as I mentioned early in the show, Go sign up for the VIP list. Stay updated on the latest podcasts and articles and resources and the course that's coming out. Love for you to do that. Also, uh, check out the um, my new book, LA Dreams. Put that in the show notes. And then lastly, also, if you could leave a rating or review on iTunes, that really helps out the show. And we have 21 other shows on the Project Entertainment Network, which you can also support through patreon.com and uh, they would love your support as well get some uh, if you i think a minimum of a dollar a month you can get stories and autographs and all kinds of cool stuff cool swag uh, so go check out the patreon page i'll put that in the show notes as well and anyway, hey this has been another uh exciting fun privileged interview that i get to do it's such a blessing to be able to do this and thanks for listening in and following along this is ryan j pelton from the prolific writer and i just have one more thing before i go go get those words on the page and i'll talk to you real real soon
Join us each Wednesday on the Mondo Method Podcast, brought to you by Project Entertainment Network. The Mondo Method Podcast features authors Armand Rosamilia and Chuck Buda as they discuss the writing process from both the veteran and the novice perspectives. Each episode ends with a segment called Marketing Morsels, where expert publicist Aaron Sweet Almahari teaches everyone how to promote their work and sell more books. Check us out on the Mondo Method Podcast on Project Entertainment Network. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Project Entertainment Network.